Hey everyone, this was supposed to be part one of our uh, new series, a retrospective of every WWF Hardcore Champion to ever be, to have ever been, uh, chronicling not every match, but many, oh, and it's my daughter, it's, yeah, yeah, um, it was supposed to be part one, and uh, it went about three hours and 40 minutes, so we're splitting it up into two parts. Um, it's going to have a very uh, anticlimactic ending, and that's okay. Uh, part two will be out next week, so listen and enjoy. And I'm sorry if uh, we say anything offensive or uh, say something mean about... Can, can you give me a second? Just a sec. If we say anything mean about someone that you like or about you yourself, if you're one of our friends, uh, welcome to the podcast. The podcast that we mostly use to talk shit. Yeah. You know, it's a damn shame that this is not for that hardcore title you own over there. You see, you stole one of my belts. Maybe I'm thinking about stealing that piece of crap of yours. Huh? Now, I happen to be from Cobb County. I got a good-looking cousin that spent some time in a correctional facility there. And he said that at nighttime... You boys got funky with them nightsticks now. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it's too bad you're too much of a chicken to put that belt on the line. What? I don't think you know what hardcore and hard times is all about. But I got a little message for you. Sure, I'll put the belt on the line. I'm fixing to kick your ass and give you a little lesson in what hard times is all about. Wow. So Road Dog has convinced the big boss man to put that, the hardcore championship, on the line. So yeah, I'm I'm extremely um I've had an extremely bad week. <laughs> yeah. Um it's been awful um with just the losing my mind going back to work. Um and seeing the state of that place and just um, kind of, you know, panicking a little bit throughout the day. But then I have this, I've got like a, a 25, 30 minute um, drive home. And it's, it used to be shorter, but they've closed a bridge down. So I have to go around. It's a fucking nightmare. It's really fun to drive in the snow on April 15th. You love it when it yeah. snows on April 15th. Um, drive there in like a, a freeway that has very little lighting until you pass over a certain bridge. And then there's a little bit more lighting. But there's like a good 12 miles of just, you know, empty darkness. And it's on those drives that you really get to think about things, you know. Um and on driving home every morning, it's just been like, it all sort of like piles up and it's like, oh fuck, we've, we've got like, you know, now, like now actually multiple confirmed cases in the facility. <laughs> um, and so you like, you, you hear that at work and you're just like, this is pretty fucked up. But then you're like, you get off and you drive home and on that long drive, you're just like, oh man, 
it's like people just gonna fucking die um people i people i, people I know people i talk to there i work with some old fucking people and they are not taking care of themselves and a lot of people are already out um there's a lot of people just missing and we don't know if they're sick or just taking advantage of the sick pay um in a you know kind of shitty way they should they should hang on to it because this fucking sucks um yeah welcome to wrestling is gross <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Wrestling is Gross, episode 33. 33. Um, man. That's a milestone. Yeah, sure. It's a, it's, uh, okay, yeah. I can't, I can't, I forget all the thing, the Smashing Pumpkins, uh, 33. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's the- 1979 is what you're thinking of. <laughs> no, this is a different song <laughs> off the same album. Episode 1979. Did you, okay, did you hear, uh, the Billy Corgan song, uh, that he had on the, um, it was on on the NWA pay-per-views that I, I suppose you recorded as a theme for the pay-per-view and then just put on his album that just, it's hard times. It's hard times. Oh. It's one of the worst bads, worst songs I've ever heard in my life, but so funny. Nice. It's, it's what a, what a fucking thing. NWA just holding on to that Phantom episode. Oh, yeah. Weird. They'll come back. They're going to be back first because they already had nobody watching, so it's not going to be any different from, you know, if there's just nobody in the building. Um, yeah, power. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. When you, how's your how's your COVID-19? How's your, <laughs> let's do, um, I guess we already did, did mine partially, but let's do the, uh, you know, the wrestling is gross COVID-19 minute. What's your, what's your, what's going on? How's, how's it been affecting you this week? I've been okay. It's just fucking <clears throat> sleep schedule sucks ass. Cause there's no fucking, just what the fuck am I like? Oh, it's you going to go to the store. No, I'm not going to go to the fucking store because I don't have a fucking mask or anything. And, and, and it's just, and here's the thing. As far as I can tell, uh, Misha, the roommate, the former neutral max for those not that know fucking just being apparently every time she's gone it's been absolute fucking hellhole over at the uh the the supermarket like a mile and a half away and just and i just can't i i'm gonna have to go uh, out to go get um prescriptions on uh monday okay and i'm gonna try and get there like uh, and do like Go to the supermarket, do grocery shopping at like eight thirty or something like that. And I am, I'm hoping, hoping that somehow that will mean that it won't be insane. I have no reason to suspect that it won't be insane. <laughs> but we have, we we fucking food. Yeah. We fucking. It's like we can't rely on. So her um, uh, her clinic has been. Uh, they have like a Meals on Wheels ish sort of delivery okay. system, which is helpful. Yeah, sure. But like you know what? But we we just keep getting like these like meals and like a Tupperware of like of like baked chicken, mashed potatoes, sure. and steamed vegetables. Something you can do a lot <laughs> of at once. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a fucking ton of these things. <laughs> it's it's so good to have. Funny. You could probably utilize a lot of that stuff if you get like creative, but you got to get to the store and buy some other shit, and then you start using those baked fucking shit. You yeah. use those baked chickens. You start making some motherfucking chicken salad sandwiches uh, with a little Canadian seasoning on that shit. I uh, that's like been one of our things. I've been buying those rotisseries every time. I, we buy vodka. I love Roto Bird, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Roto Bird. This bitch went in and fucking bought thirteen of them. That's what the woman said. They, they, I went to Sam's Club on uh, uh, Tuesday, something like that. No, this is not the time I busted my face open. <laughs> this was the the next time I went to Sam's Club. I yeah. uh, got busted hard way in the Sam's Club parking lot because I'm fucking stupid. And my bandana, 
under my eyebrow, uh, under my eyes, like sort of uh, slightly masks my, like it, it inhibits my depth perception a very small yeah. amount. Um, yeah, yeah, it, I feel it. it fucks with you, and also your breathing is very poor under there. I don't know if people are out there. I've got a mask on the way. I ordered a mask from uh, Art by Coop, the from the he's like a best show caller. He he takes like suicide girls pictures of naked women and stuff like that, but also does drawings. He's okay. Sounds like a creep. He's not. He's all right. Um, <laughs> he's a pro. He's a pro. Um, a lot of people on the internet, you know. Yeah, I'll, most I, of them borderline creep. Some <laughs> of them are nice people, though. Mm. He also um, he he posts pictures of like the Lego models that he builds with his kids. He's just a fucking nerd who happened to be good at photography and like found an inroad to like actual professional models you know um, we were listening to the uh aiw uh card is going to change uh, the, their podcast uh, and uh foreign just casually saying that gary the king baller uh gary the king's mom was a suicide girl oh that's cool i, I, don't, I must strange. have missed that yeah i don't know how that and I, i'm trying to do the thing because that was when he was still in law school that was that was 2017 i don't need to know the math on that well you know maybe i mean suicide girl's been around a long time maybe he meant former you know, yes, they've been I around just... since like oh five or something. I, I want to say maybe even oh, one, earlier. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, maybe she was just you know she was OG. She was second gen uh, suicide girl, OGSG, you might say. Um, Shouts out Gary the King Baller, come back. Uh, no yeah. consequences. Um, yeah, it's it's scary to go to the supermarket. I found my best luck has been in the like middle of the day. If I go at like two thirty, that's the, that was always sort of the prime time for for a grocery store if you wanted to avoid people, and yeah. it, that still exists. I think the mornings are tough. Sam's Club here has instituted a one hundred people inside at a time policy, um, so you wait in line to get in. Um, yeah, yeah, that was so. This was this was the first week I had to do that. Um, oh, I was going to say, at Sam's Club, yeah, the woman bought 13 rotisserie chickens. I walked up, and I was like, where's all the rotisserie chickens? And this woman, like, the, the deli woman, she was like, um, some woman just came and bought all 13 of them. And I was just like, damn, that's fucked up. <laughs> and she was really like, is. she, like, shrugged. And I was like, hope you gave her a dirty look. And she was like, no, no, you know. And I was like, No. <laughs> She was like, 27 minutes till the next round come. I was like, I gotta be in here 27 fucking minutes? Like, I have a I have a bandana over my face. Like, I'm, like, probably pretty safe, but I'm not gonna wait 27 minutes. For, so I didn't have rotisserie chicken that day. Anyways, rotisserie chicken, if you're out there, if you're still hitting up the grocery stores, Sam's Club, four ninety nine. You cannot beat that. You eat one breast at home with your bare hands for lunch, and then you, uh, you split the other parts into it, like into chicken salad sandwich, have that for the next three lunches. It's, you cannot beat that. Also their ciabatta rolls. Very good. Um, shout out to, shout out to the Waltons, right? Really keeping us going. Yeah. Yeah. What would we, what would we do without them? They're very important to the, the whole economy of, of, uh, of America because they're employing one third of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Bad, bad stuff. <laughs> And not even just in, you know, like the eminent sort of, you, you know, like the death race 2000 that will come. Sure. Where they're employing us, um, you know, uh, all, you know, not the Hunger Games. I watched Death Race 2000 game. recently. That was a very good film. I, 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 oh, yeah. I sure. really like the concept and the, 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 the action is really good for the budget they had. I'm really surprised by how good that was. Why can't I think of the name of the fucking movie from uh, the 80s? I've never actually seen it with uh, Schwarzenegger and... Running uh, Man. Fucking Running Man. Running Man. Running Man. We'll, yes, we'll, we'll absolutely have Running Man. Seriously, you know what I'm thinking? When Jesse I think Ventura. Man? What's up? 
What are you thinking about Marathon the, Man? Marathon Man, which uh, that's very what, different movies. Was that? Is it safe? Is that Lawrence Olivier? Is like the old creepy guy? Yeah, old Nazi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, haven't seen that one in a long time. Um, yeah, ah, uh, yeah. It's the that's the COVID man. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm thinking that's our coronavirus update. Um, fuck. It's dog. What do you? What is your take on the coronavirus? <laughs> can't believe he was on Cut Jumps. Good for Mike Francesa. Mm. Uh, it'd be funny if he got coronavirus. He's Not very die, anti. Did you, see, did you see Hannity describing how he wants to go to Yankee Stadium and drink beer through a straw and put his hot dog in his mask and munch it up because he wants to see the <laughs> Yankees? It's <laughs> incredible. Right? It's so fucking funny, man. It's like it's, we, we're, just, we're just hitting peak after peak of like all-time great mainstream media <laughs> clips on both sides of the fucking fence. Incredible. Incredible. So much Biden. He's he's doing great. Yeah, he's really getting out there. Good for him, you know? Good for him. It's really going to really uh the public is just going to get real behind him when they when they watch him, I'm sure. Yeah, apparently he's uh decided to roll out a line of um of attack ads on on uh, Donald Trump for set, for uh rolling over for the Chinese. Okay, I didn't see that one. The the last yeah, ad I saw yeah, was from a couple yeah. days Battle ago. Battleground states, Pennsylvania. You know, I think people are really going to respond to that. People are not going to be like what, what the fuck does this even mean at this point? This fucking yeah. idiot. Yeah, I mean, you look at what's going on in Michigan with those fucking lockout, uh, those like whatever they're calling those car protests. Um, there, th- that is a that is a. I don't. I, I, did they win in 2016? I think. I think he. I think he won in 2016 over Hillary. But they fucking hated Hillary. That's why Bernie won in 2016 in Michigan. But like, I think. That is a state that is like just brimming with full red, you know. Like that is not that, that is not even it's it, it's still a, a battleground state, still a purple, but it's like it's good. That is going to be a, a conservative state. Michigan will be a fully conservative state in three terms, and and, and we'll never get it back. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I again, I don't care. I'm not going to concern myself with this stuff anymore uh, ever again. Made the promise, um, but watching them try for a thing that is not going to work out is hilarious. So yeah, that's, that's very funny. Um, also the, the national, the national campaign, the, the commercials they put out are about being kind to each other. There's no like policy mentioned at any point. There is just the vilification of Donald Trump. He's a bad man. He's really mean. He's um, very orange. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Joe Biden, um, you know, doesn't even have a tan. He doesn't even go outside. He doesn't even try to pretend like he does. And also he's a nice guy except for, you know, the, you know. <laughs> He's done it less. The That's sniffing and the sniffing and the fingering. That's the old Joe Biden special, the sniffing finger. Um, welcome to wrestling is gross. The world is fucking awful. Um, what is your name? <laughs> I'm Bucky. Okay. My name is Siobhan. <laughs> we got there eventually. We're gonna cut know. all that out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna, you know. Uh, we did a title. We, we did titles at the beginning. I think we did. We did a title. Yeah, I don't okay. think we said a name. It was so long ago. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It is not episode one of our podcast anymore. Yeah. So no, no, no. Uh, that also, was bad. That yeah. was pretty bad. No, we're good at it. We're good. We're good at podcasting. There's eh, nobody's going to come on. Come on. No, nobody's going to say it. these two don't know what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> seriously, though, I think if you're if you are listening to the show and you're still listening to the show and you listen to most episodes, then, you know, if you want to get to the wrestling, just skip 20 minutes, man. Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We got to talk. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about Deuce. We're gonna be talking about <laughs> Epstein murking himself. We're gonna be talking about 
we got to do our updates. Things. Yeah, we got to do our, our 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 fetish minute, our COVID minute. We got to do all our stuff. We're good friends, but we don't actually talk except for in recorded form. So that's how it works. Yeah. Um, episode thirty three. This is part one of the ongoing. Uh, it's a thread. This folks is a thread. It's a one slash question mark. Um, the complete and accurate history of the WWF slash E hardcore title. Um, we, we've tossed this around for, a, I don't know, maybe not since the, we started the show, but like the last six months we talked about doing this cause something made one of us go, Oh yeah. Remember the hardcore title? Yeah. And, uh, I, th- no, I think it was a, it was part of the doing the, uh, idea of like doing the WCW hardcore stuff, the right. junkyard invitation show. And also it's like, well, if you're going to do that shit, you obviously have to do the, like the real hardcore title. We were going to, we, no we, offense to the WCW well, hardcore sure. title, which was very stupid. Oh, but... and they're going to get an episode. We are, we are going to do a, an also in WCW. So meanwhile, in the meanwhile. South, you know, yeah. like in the, the big in, green belt. Yeah. The, the De Huesadero, uh, uh, like the proto Huesadero, you know? Yeah, um, we're gonna get to it. It's gonna be there. We'll probably do. We'll th- probably fit that in around chronological order. Maybe somewhere in between the second and third of these. But this week, it's the inception of the hardcore title in what on November second, nineteen ninety eight. Does that sound right? Uh, yeah, it maybe here. it was the week before. Yeah. <clears throat> I have it as November. All right, November second. Um, okay. And I also have notes on the match between Ma- it's mankind and Al Snow versus the Oddities. If I don't know if you watched that. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Was it uh, which which combination of the oddities? It's you know probably the best as far as in ring goes. Well, I don't know, not all time, but Kurgan and Golga. There's no sing. Um, yeah. So I, ultimately, it's got it's got to have Golga. Yeah, John Tenta was actually good, and uh, Kurgan. I don't know. Uh, Kurgan had something. Kurgan, good stunt performer. Yeah, yeah, and you know, long legs. Like his his stuff looks weird, and that's cool. Um, yeah, so I watched that, and it's not good. Um, I, I, do, I, I do want to say that a couple of... All right, so what we're doing, November to uh, November 2nd to WrestleMania 15 is our... We're doing like 11 matches here, so we're going to be cutting through stuff pretty quick. I don't have a ton of notes on some of them. No. Uh, <clears throat> but it's a very strange period. The shows themselves are like not good, but there's a lot happening, and you could see why it was very popular. Um, Foley was in a weird pattern here where he... You know, he he sort of peaks early on, like with um, the Undertaker feud, the Shawn Michaels uh, mind games match, and then just sort of like, you know, he feuds with like Hunter, who's on, on the rise slowly as well. Um, what is he? The, the feud with the Undertaker is rekindled constantly, like over and over. Um, then there's the weird dude love stuff, the Cactus Jack stuff in the early 98 with the the, the New Age Outlaws and Terry Funk coming in. Chainsaw fucking Charlie. Chainsaw Why does he have to be Chainsaw Charlie? Just, just well, Chainsaw that, Charlie. That's that was why. The, Jr. would always say, "That's Terry Funk." You know, that's Chainsaw Charlie. Terry Funk. Like he would just he would refer to him as Funk on commentary constantly. Like he didn't give a shit. Everybody knew. And, event, and eventually they were just like, "Yeah, that's Terry Funk." Fuck it, it's yeah, Terry Funk. It's NWA champion Terry Funk. Um, and so, what King of the Ring '98 is the big Hell in a Cell match with the massive yes. the, the bump off the thing and the through the thing on into the fucking and the tags and all the shit where his his tooth goes through his mouth into his nose like you know '98 a weird year for Foley because he is never the star till the very end and this is sort of like the lead up to that this is where um, so the, the 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 angle is that Vince is sort of like 
had enough with with mankind and doesn't know how to get rid of him and so has sort of figured that since man, since McMahon is like recruiting everybody in the company to be a part of the corporation most of them he's luring you know in kayfabe terms with money or with you know promises of um this is going to help your career kid you know like people yeah. are joining the corporation that's a massive stable by the end of 99 and and then you get the combination of them in the in the ministry which happens like for like one month and it's the biggest stable in the history of wrestling bigger than yeah. the original nwo probably um the the corporation uh pitch to mankind is not going to work because he doesn't give a shit so what mcmahon's character ends up being and this really comes to fruition at at uh Deadly Games at Survivor Series with the big Shane McMahon heel turn where he flips off Mankind. Mankind loses to The Rock and then he's like crying after the match. <laughs> this shit made yeah. me so mad when I was 10. I was like, I was losing it for all, all of this stuff. I was so in um, watching every week, you know, not getting the pay-per-views and then getting the recaps of them the next night and just getting so mad at the still images. Um, but this is sort of the beginning of that. He hands him the, the hardcore title and he's saying, he tells him that um, he always saw him as like, he was always wanting another son is what, is what Vince says. Um, this, the, the match with the oddities, um, he reaches for Socko and he doesn't have the sock. And then he takes his boot off and he doesn't have any socks on. <laughs> Uh, so that's cool. That's really funny. And then the the oddities beat up Al Snow and beat him for the for, you know for the easy win. Uh, Shaq's got a cameo in here. Shaq is hanging out with the acolytes backstage, um, watching the monitor, which is really cool. Um, and then there's like a segment where Foley is like looking for Sako in a locker room, and he finds like a big uh, laundry tub like on wheels that you'd find in a you know where all the guys put their fucking you know, socks and shit. And he reaches yeah. in and he finds a sock and he's like, Oh, thank God I found you. But then he's like, Oh, you're not. And he's like, he mistakes a regular sock for Socko. Like, that's pretty funny. Um, also I, I, I watched some of this. I was trying to really set the stage for myself. The match that happens in between, uh, in between the Foley and snow versus the oddities match and the segment where Vince hands Foley the belt for the first time. You first see the title is real man. Steven Regal. Doing an open yeah. challenge. He comes out and says, if there's any real men in the back, uh, come out and fight me. And Goldust comes out. So you have Dustin Rhodes versus Steve Regal. Like, in the middle of this. And it sucks. It's a bad fucking match. This is basically the nad- a nadir, a low point of each man's career. Yes. And it's also weird because they would be, like, associated for basically their entire WWE yes. careers, yes. right? Like, over and over. They were, and and back in WCW. They could, uh, Didn't they wrestle yeah. in WCW in, like, 94? They had Maybe. to have had a good a good fucking worldwide match. Almost shout out to worldwide. Definitely had, like, a good worldwide match at some point, If right? they didn't interact, I'd be fucking shocked. Yeah. yeah but... But it like there any situation where you could put them together is one that they like totally embraced. Yeah. Um, like the the, the ECW uh, ECW WWF, yeah, or w- um, whatever you call that WWE ECW. I had it every I had it uh, <laughs> all of the Raw roulettes um, when they had the showgirls match, the uh, opposite personality match. Oh yeah, they would they would do backstage paint. stuff with you. They had good personality bouncing off of each other in that era for sure. Yeah, I forget about that. Uh, this is this is not good. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just was like, no, I was no, re- I was remembering like, things like out loud. Yeah, of course, like the o two o three era. They interact. Regal is commissioner. He interacts with Goldust a ton, right? Re- no, well, that's when Regal is Regal commissioner still then a little bit. I yeah. have no idea. And then there's Regal <laughs> with the un Americans and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, okay. 
and then you get Regal um, and the Goldust and Booker T team. They feuded with yeah. Okay, of course, of course. They, yeah, they've been. You're right. They have been with each other for a very long time. It goes back even here. Um, this match is bad. Um, obviously, this is not a hardcore title match, but I do want to say it's it really set the tone for me because um, Goldust gets a huge babyface pop. Uh, the crowd is woke, folks. Um, the match is bad, but then Terry comes out and looks fucking hot. Obviously, you know, just like we said in the last episode, Terry always looking fine. Um, Jr. and King refer to her infidelity um, like multiple times until, uh, and then yeah, apparently her and Val Venus were doing a pregnancy angle at this point. Okay. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty cool storytelling here. <laughs> uh, but then we get then Vince Russo loves his goddamn pregnancy angles. You know what he el- you know what else he loves loves is the fucking car crash uh, TV shit uh, because this match ends with Kane coming out the explosion the pyro going off Kane coming out and Jerry yells that's Kane's music again he's coming out again and fucking Kane uh, he says Kane doesn't know right from wrong. <laughs> Apparently, this is like right after they revealed that Taker purpose or t- Taker revealed himself that he purposely set a, like f- the fire that killed the parents and burned Kane. Like this is the beginning of Demon Taker, like real Devil Taker. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, I was thinking about this. Okay, Alistair. Was, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing about uh, Alistair Calloway. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Despite the fact that he, when he had the American Badass, and he literally had theme songs by Kid Rock and. Fucking Limp Bizkit. He he never looked more new metal than he did as a leader of the ministry. Oh, he's uh, yeah. I, and if you watched the uh, right after like one of the last matches we did, we got a little segment here right after the the, the Snow Holly match. There's like a yeah. a promo that he cuts for the entire ministry over like a barrel of fire. <laughs> it looks more like a scene from the Warriors than it does something like actually demonic. But it's great, great shit. Very new metal for sure. The Warriors is very proto new metal, of course. Um, Walter Hill, I, can you name a more new metal director? Maybe Mick G. <laughs> the, the top two. Um, so yeah, he comes in and them he, and David Fincher. Yes, of course, of course. Um, the uh, so Kane comes in, choke slams Dustin Regal, and then he attempts to choke slam Marlena. Uh, and right as she's getting lifted up, King's like, "No, she's pregnant." And I was like, "Oh yeah, she's pregnant." Don't. <laughs> Don't choke slam the pregnant woman, uh, but the refs and agents stop him, and so then he choke slams Tony Gurria, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get to the segment where uh, and and you know he would not have that kindness repaid. Yeah. Gene Snitsky, baby. <laughs> uh, right, right, right. Gene of course, Snitsky. I, I lo- uh, Gene Snitsky and Heinrich. I like your poems. I like what you do to babies. Iconic moment. Still, still funny. Those are like those. All the big guys from that era are like super underrated. I think. Who was the guy who did like the crossbody? What was his name? The Mike Knox. Mike Knox fucking rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Hunt. Mike Cox. Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, the the big man, like the generic big man of the last like of that you know two thousands era, didn't get over very well most of the time. But I I like a lot of those guys. Good TV matches. Tyler Rex and his weird uh, fake Yo, burning hammer. No, Tyler Rex versus Drew McIntyre, the best of you know 700 series that happened on Superstars in like 2010. Go back and watch that shit. That shit fucking rules. And then and uh, Chris Chris Masters is in there too. They had like a yeah. f- sort of three way, just like they just rolled the dice and picked randomly who would wrestle each other on Superstars in main event that week. And the Chris Masters, Tyler Rex, Drew Galloway, or Drew uh, Drew McIntyre uh, triumvirate is. 
had some incredible, like, 15-minute fucking superstars matches in 2010, yeah. 2011. Like, they let those guys go uh, because nobody's watching. It didn't matter. Like, I, I haven't... Have you watched a main event in the last five years? I wonder if they still do that. Are they still giving guys, like, time? No, apparently not. Apparently not. That's the thing. Okay. Well, th- so 205, you get that. 205 they has plenty time, of good yeah. shit. Like, plenty of, like, great... Diddy Burge and Oni Lorcan matches. Like, I, I haven't seen any this year, I don't think, but, like, you know, that was. I, I was always one of the 205 guys. When. 205 so, is, has, had, is, has had more ups and downs. It's just an OBY. Definitely. Watches. Definitely. Um, and, you know, unlike other podcasts that say that's not a real show, it doesn't actually exist, um, it is a very real show. And it's extremely it's the good. It's show, frankly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. So, Bossman is there. Vince is in the wheelchair at this point. Uh, Foley, he says, I've got something for you, Mick. He's calling him by the real name, too, I think. Um, and Foley th- thinks it's Socko. He thinks Vince found Socko. Which is like, it's all very sad. <laughs> as, a, as a parent, this all makes me very sad. Like, this is like all very manipulative. Um, Vince gives him the hardcore title. Um, Foley, he, he tells him that, um, alright, Vince tells him that he's he's you know, maybe gained another son tonight. He lost one. I think somebody turned baby face against him recently. Um, but maybe I've gained a new one tonight. And then a- as Vince is going out on his like electric, uh, wheelchair, fully calls him dad. And I, I, and I remembered getting really mad at this when I was a kid. Um, as a nine year old, like this is like, this is like perfectly written for a young person who like only understands really basic storytelling and will get a, a a real reaction out of overt emotional manipulation. Okay. Um, watching Mick Foley just like be like, I don't know, drawn into this manipulation by this like parent figure that he doesn't, you know, it's, it's all very sad. <laughs> this is yes. a very sad character. Um, and you know, the way it goes with him getting screwed at survivor series, um, in the deadly games tournament, which is a fucking fantastic heel, screw job finish and of course only really works because of what actually happened the year before at survivor series incredible fucking building off of real events and shit um and then the the i quit match which ends with the you know the bullshit like the recording coming over the loudspeaker um there's so much just mcfoley was my favorite at this point you know he he yeah he was was, i mean he uh you know time uh man of the year uh should have been (laughs) <laughs> right that which comes up uh, later in one of the matches uh in him versus road dog but yes right right okay so i don't i don't know what, what all we're doing um we got some we got we had some some matches that that you watched and you were like this isn't good enough don't waste your time on it and i was like no i want to watch it all um the the, the thing about these matches is that they're all like eight minutes long yeah yeah they're fine. all fun even the worst ones have something that's just like engrossing in it and it's an eight minute investment i can watch one of these and take notes on it in one of my breaks at work so that's why this has been like so fucking great for me. I love I've loved watching these, um, and that's why we were able to do. I think we've got eleven actually that I've got notes on. Maybe twelve if you count Al Snow and Mick Foley versus the Oddities, which I have notes on that I didn't even mention because I don't know why I wrote them down. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got, I've, oh, I believe that I have eleven as well. I I accidentally just launched Steam. Holy shit! Okay, stop, stop, close open the task manager and just force it closed? Do you think that's the play? What do you think? <laughs> you just close it like... Yeah. Alright, what do we got first? You do that, I'm gonna fix this. Alright, first up, 
Uh, I'm just using uh, the actual taping dates because yeah, easier. sure, sure. Fuck it. Um, we'll try um, to we'll try to say both. On... What'd you say? I said we'll try to say both for yeah. people looking on the network. But there will be links to everything, of course. Taped on uh, November third, nineteen ninety-eight, the first ever defense of the WWF Hardcore Championship. It is your Intercontinental Champion, right? Right. Corporate Intercontinental Champion Ken Shamrock, huh. uh, the world's deadliest man, versus Mankind, the newest member of the corporation. Yeah. Or is he? Yeah. I so I, I think Shamrock might have been babyface here for like a week. I think this like so this this is the era where people are flip flopping it every fucking other week. Um, uh, you know, WCW is known for that, but it was going on here too. I think Shamrock is a babyface here. I think he is. Um, yeah, I think he turns again the next week or some shit. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, does not lose does not lose the Intercontinental title in, in any way. Does not have like his mind changed as far as we, i know yeah Who yeah knows? no he just the, he does lose it Who fucking cares the check comes in like there's a that's the other thing about this era is like any any weird shit that happens in the story there's so much weird shit going on that you can pretty much just sell any of it as like oh yeah okay well they just wrote that he like he gave him the broken belt and then he like told him he was gonna be his dad i was like oh, okay <laughs> i guess that makes sense yeah he's a heel now <laughs> I totally get it. Um, the crowd obviously still cheering mankind. The crowd very clued in that he is uh, getting fucked over in this. And also, you cannot turn Mick Foley heel by 1998. There is no possible way you could do that. By the end no. of 98, especially. Maybe Dude Love was a heel, but I think crowds were still enjoying that character um, when him and Austin were feuding. Yeah, so Shamrock's IC champion. Mankind is out in a suit, like full suit, uh, cummerbund, dress shoes, um, you know, doing the corporate shit. And then it's a funny thing early in the match where it feels like every time Foley hits a big move, he takes off another article of clothing. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. He hits his big, like, tree of woe axe handle, you know, where he hangs the guy upside down and he does this flying, like, double elbow, double axe handle, I guess you'd have to call it, yeah. on, onto the guy against the mat. Um, and goes, they go out, they hit a suplex on the floor, uh, and then Shamrock actually rolls him up uh, in a small package, and it's the first ever, folks, the first ever out-of-the-ring pinfall attempt in a hardcore title match. Historic, mo- monumental moment, of course. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, um, there's some absurd bumping here, and here's Mostly by Foley, but Shamrock holds up his end. Yeah, and it's like, 18 months ago, more, more accurately, let's say, let's say 20 months ago, um... This guy was the fucking was not in WWE, right? And he would right. show up to be the ref for uh, Brett Austin. Yeah, you know. When do you think he fucking saw this coming? Yeah, do you think he saw any of this shit? I mean, let like let, let's take aside like the Owen feud, which had its own ridiculousness. Like this is just like that's right. like that's just just like taking a bump on the. He's just taking fucking stairs bumps for well, he some wasn't, goddamn reason. He wasn't foreign to wrestling. He had wrestled in in like all Japan in like eighty and eighty nine or eighty nine and ninety, right? Both the both the Shamrocks. What's the deal there? Were they? Shamrock definitely worked Japan and not he like PWFG. No, but he worked like all Japan, didn't he? Maybe he definitely he also worked like Carolina Indies and stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna look up his Striga net. Striga. I just typed in Ken Shamrock Striga in there. <laughs> it's not gonna know what that means. Uh, cage match. There we go. Um, yeah, Ken I... Shamrock Striga Nona. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, let's see here. 
Yeah, he um no, but he takes to it well, and I think yeah, I've got eighty nine all Japan, and also he uh, there's a match that has so yeah, all right, eighty nine all Japan, Ken Shamrock, um, touring uh, with Joe Malenko, Dan Crawford, Doug Furness, um, he's in a lot of matches with those people, um, just like the the from the first uh, first show of the tour in eighty nine from. Uh, September 30th, 89, Dan Crawford, Doug Furness, and Ken Shamrock defeat Joe Malenko, Kenta Kobashi, and Shinichi Nakano in 18 minutes. Like, that fucking, I bet that's insane. I bet that's great. Yeah. Uh, it looks like one tour. One tour with 22 shows. Hitting shows every every day or every other day, pretty much. Um, with Make it town. Singles losses to pretty much everyone. The only person he seems to have defeated in the singles is Goro Surumi. He lost to Akio Saito. Great Kabuki. He lost a rematch with Goro Surumi and a rematch with Akio Sato and another rematch with Akio Sato. But he got to wrestle Joel Deaton and Dick Slater. Um, he wrestled Teranishi. He wrestled, uh, uh, yeah, Atawe and Russia Kimura versus beat Dick Slater and Ken Shamrock. I bet that fucking rules. Yeah. Uh, team with, a team with Joe Malenko a lot and team with Joel, De- Joel Deaton. Um, so yeah, there's your, your, like, Americans from that tour. Slater, Deaton, uh, Furnace Crawford. Uh, Joe Malenko and Ken Shamrock. So yeah, he. All right. So and here's the thing, right? You say that. Could he have seen that coming? Look, about a, you know, nine years before this, he was wrestling uh, with and against Dick Slater in Japan. So yeah. he knows what wrestling is. He's probably been bumped on the floor plenty of times. But yes, he has a uh, a penchant, uh, like a a real like seemingly a desire to get bumped on the floor a few times. Like he is very fucking game for it, which I think is like a, a good, a good thing to mention here because you expect Foley to do shit, but then Foley like b- back body drops him over the table, like King and JR scatter. He like super, he suplexes him on the ramp. Um, there's like, uh, there's like some significant shamrock performing happening here. He gets sent over the rail and like wait, when shamrock gets thrown over the rail, his like foot hits the back of a security guard. Who's not paying attention. And the guy like turns around, looks really mad. <laughs> um, keep your head up. Yeah. 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 Like those guys are, uh, those are essential workers, right? Um, no, it's, it, it's really impressive, uh, watching shamrock work here. And, but Foley is, I don't know. I don't know if he's slowing down at this point or not, because it certainly doesn't seem like it. Because he takes a lot of fucking bumps in this match on the floor. Uh, he, he, tucks, he takes off his shoe, beats... Uh, and uh, literally every single time that a wrestler will take off their shoe and beat an, their opponent with it, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we agreed on that? There's never been a bad time that that's happened in, in pro wrestling history. Are these tinny shoes? Yeah. Uh, the, these, these, are the, these are the dress shoes. These are the, these are the dress the, shoes, right? Yeah, these are just the dress shoes. Yeah, yeah. and then he ends up in. I, some, he just takes off the other shoe eventually. Yeah, and he's just wrestling in socks. Yeah, yeah. well, and at one point, J, uh, King ends up like I guess one of the shoes flies over, and King picks it up off the table. I think, and he makes fun of his like like Walmart dress shoes, which I thought was pretty fucking mean, personally, because yeah. <laughs> I, you know, you're you're wearing a fucking crown and like a weird <laughs> like crazy jacket. Oh my god, me and me and Emily watched last night. We watched. Um, I, I I might talk about this later, but probably not. On one of the later episodes from like February '99, they're talking about Sable's Playboy shit. We watched the segment where Jerry and Sable go to the Playboy Mansion, and he is there in just his 
king gear, right? But then, all right, this is fucking crazy, all right? This is going to blow your fucking mind. There's a there's a little gag where he's in the grotto with the girls, and he's like, they like imply that he went underwater and like pinched or, I don't know, maybe uh, violated them. Um, and then they all like laugh about it because it's 1999 and all that shit's extremely funny. Uh, time wasn't even close to being up yet. <laughs> no, no, God, no. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and then like, you know, he gets kicked out, right? This is the big joke. You know, Hugh Hefner comes on the screen and he <laughs> doesn't come <laughs> he appears on the screen Could and he, he come at that point that's the question ah <laughs> uh, 99 yeah he's probably still fucking my man still got a little juice left i mean he's fucking but is he coming yeah no i don't Different know I, I already like look i'm 31 i already know how fucking difficult it is to finish it's it's not getting any easier i'll tell you that much um no the, i he kicks him out and then king is like getting thrown out they like hand him his crown and his jacket and like you know shove him out the front door and jerry the king lawler a singlet and long tights wearer every time you've ever seen him right yeah he's wearing trunks little speedo trunks in the color of his like royal blue jerry the king lawler outfit my man i've never seen this man's little thighs before but he is like (laughs) it is i look you don't want to see Jerry Lawler's thighs because if you do, absolutely you're, not. You're probably 15, first of all, and also you probably don't know how you got in the situation. Uh, I still haven't heard. I can't find the clip where he says that something about ramen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I don't even. You do a deep dive on the on the dark dark world of Memphis wrestling, and you know most of it is most of the stories you'll find are Jerry Lawler stories. There's it's all bad. <laughs> It's all bad. Uh, anyways, Jerry Lawler finds the dress shoe, makes fun of it. Again, you don't you you've never dressed well in your life, sir. Um, we get a big uh, we get a big, I guess call it an exploder or a T bone. Um, no, 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 no. It's a belly to belly. All right, so Shamrock gets the advantage, um, grabs the the face to face waist lock, right. And he's got his, they're on the floor, his back's to yeah. like the post and stairs. And he does like a belly to belly suplex, like half of one, and just turns it into uh, smashing Mick's face under the stairs. But it's fucking rough. It's like, he basically belly to belly suplexes Mick face first onto the stairs. Um, it does, it's like, it's like a very, like, it's a lighter version of Necro getting T boned onto his face by Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Mick also takes a belly to belly, like, not overhead, but like Shane Douglas style on the floor. And fuck, man, for like a nothing. Kind of a nothing match. I mean, it's the first hardcore title match ever, so it's important to look at now. But this is this is you know uh, this is the third. This is the second quarter of the second hour of Raw. Like it doesn't matter. This is so like pointless in the grand scheme of like how they laid the show out. It was an afterthought, right? Um, yeah. And he is taking fucking sick bumps. He's taking hard chair shots. Um, and just casually, because that's what Foley did, you know? That's exactly what he did. Um, he gets, like, a DDT off a chair, big near fall. Uh, he chases, like, Shamrock as he, like, rolls down the ramp. Um, JR says, that's solid steel, folks, which reminded me of 3-2-1 Battle, of course. Um, Shamrock gives him a back suplex now on the steel stage, like, right at McMahon's feet. Again, McMahon and the entire corporation, Pat Patterson, Jerry Briscoe, Big Boss Man, Sergeant Slaughter, I think, is even there still. Yes. Um, Broken arm? Yes, yeah, somebody was in a yeah okay somebody was in a sling. I, I, I have that written down, but I didn't know I didn't catch who. Um, they're just watching it and like you know there's there's actually like a you know the McMahon come gif. 
Yes. Where, you know, he's like, oh, ah, ah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's from, like, the table dancing, like, Tori, Stacy Keebler or something. Um, yeah. Tori Stacy, I believe her name was. Um, this has got some McMahon O-Face action going on, for sure. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Vince is a very demonstrative individual. Yeah, Here's yeah. the thing. Oh, yeah. And I think some No shame, have, either. Uh, no shame. I've said this before. Imagine all the fucking years he was just on regular commentary duty, just being, oh, what a maneuver. He was keeping it. Vince. If you consider it's the same guy, right? What if he had a hard cam on him, though? What what the fuck do you look like? Pants off. Fuck it. Pants off. Um, Just like grains on the fucking bowl, on the fucking desk, obviously. Definitely just coked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We'll see some of it. We'll see some uh, a little bit of that action where Bossman uses his stash later on. Um, no, yeah, Vince. Uh, you, you, if you look at '95 commentary, I'm gonna. This might be like a, this might be a pretty uh, interesting take because uh, because everything I say is an interesting take, of course. Um, but mostly because like nobody is ever like mentioning Vince as like a restrained individual. Um, no, but if you watch those shows, you watch '94 TV, you know, like Raw and whatever else he's on, All American Wrestling, whatever the fuck else is playing at that time. That man is not any different from the pervert that became unleashed in '97 and '98. He's already that Vince. He's already coked yes. out of his fucking like gourd. He's like, to- is that the right gourd? Out of his gourd? Gourd. Gourd is perfectly, uh, perfectly cromulent here. Perfectly good. All right. All right. Hell yeah. Um, he's like already like fucked on steroids. Like his HGH, HGH con- uh, consumption levels would rival anybody in the company, you know? And, and, and in 94, 95, he's probably doing way more than any of his actual workers. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is fucking crazy. Uh, he, he was still Vince in 94 and you don't hear him talking about Sable's tits or not Sable, uh, Alundra blazes tits. Like he's not like yeah. he's not bringing it up, but you know he's pants off down there. You know, fully pants off. Um, so yeah, good for Vince for like keeping a keeping a lid he on his dick. He wasn't always mask off, but he was always pants. He was always pants off. That's right. That's yeah. I was I was trying to say pants off in the rhythm of the song, but I don't know if that came through. Uh, sound off in the comments if you got the reference <laughs> to one of the most popular songs of the last five years. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's there's uh the finish here is um all right, Mick gives Shamrock a, a back body drop on the steel, on the solid steel, another big Shamrock bump, totally fucking game to land on the and we'll see that in the next match if you have notes on it. I don't know if you do. I have some notes, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um they uh he gives the like a double thumbs up to the camera, which is like a, you know, such an in, he's such an endearing character of mankind um, in this era. This is I think this is the peak Foley as a babyface era. I think there's no, and you know obviously he went to the belt uh, and like a month and a half. He is so fucking charming and like sympathetic as a babyface. People don't really talk about the like late '98, early '99 mankind babyface title like world champion run as like a pinnacle of you know. Any era, but even not the Attitude Era. All the all the focus is on Rock and Austin, you know. Um, he is so good here. He is so. I just want to see him succeed, and I know he's not going to. He gives a double thumbs up, turns around, and then just gets brained. Just gets fucked. <laughs> just gets his ass fucked with a chair shot to the head. And Jr. Yeah. actually says, "Well, there's another concussion for mankind." Because <laughs> it was funny back then. 
we, they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know. They really didn't. It was a different time, folks. Uh, and then Bossman nightsticks Shamrock in the mouth for no reason. And it's like Pitman kind pins him. Yeah, just order of Vince, I suppose. Like, oh, keep, keep, keep him in the fold. Keep him in the fold. All yeah, right, all right. yeah, we got to keep him happy. At least till Deadly Games, so he doesn't get delusions of grandeur and try to win the fucking title. Um, yeah. So the first ever match, it's not great. Um, but I don't know. Shamrock is a hell of a fucking guy to, to, to like throw mankind in there with like Foley versus like actual wrestlers is a, always been a weird matchup and always been pretty good. Um, yeah. And Shamrock doesn't wrestle him. You know, he rises to the occasion and totally works a, you know, shitty TV brawl. It's good. It's, I had a lot of fun with this. I I, um, I I don't I I have notes on it, but I don't have a fucking date for it. Uh, I have I, this might be the taped date, might be the the, the air date. Uh, Raw, uh, November twenty third. Mankind versus Ken Shamrock versus a big boss man. Uh, Glover sixty four. Gotta love the glove. Uh, the WWF remix shows Shamrock pulling the ref out of the ring and screwing Austin out of a win on last week's show. So I guess this is. Here he's turned back to the corporation. <clears throat> yeah. Um, which JR sort of confirms. This is, uh, I don't know if this is, is this post Deadly Games? I guess it would be. This would be the night after. I'm not sure. Who knows? Um, I will say. Uh, uh, yeah, because I, I, I can't imagine uh, Vince letting uh, Mankind get his ass whipped. And that being, whoa, whoa, whoa. Unless he oh, yeah, like, he's fully a babyface here. That's right. Okay, so this is like the night or maybe the week after Deadly Games. Um, because it is fully the sh- you know, Shamrock and Bossman are two corporation members, and it's a three-way match, but actually it's more of a handicap match. Um, so, yeah, there's a guy in the crowd that has a sign that says, I'll show you Mr. Sacco, which I, is a pretty good sign. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great sign for Al. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got, I got some written down. There's a match. Uh, I don't know if it's the Bart Gunn match or the Billy Gunn match with Bob Holly, uh, but they, I got some fucking signs written down for that one. Oh, yeah. That was a peak. That was a peak. Okay. You yeah, saw it. Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. Yeah. Okay. You've seen it. You've seen it. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> JR says it's legal in a hardcore title match to maim your fellow man. <laughs> <laughs> which is cool and then Lawler says like the hardcore title looks like shit he's just like shitting on it it's like you know it's, a, it's it should go in the garbage can um, I, I want to say this to you is the dress shirt and tie and sweatpants look not only the most iconic Mankind look but the most iconic McFoley attire it's the most iconic McFoley attire okay. I think yeah more than the, the wanted uh, Cactus Jack shirt right oh yeah because that would be my number two, probably. Maybe, like, the snakeskin boots from, like, WCW. But this feels like... This is prime Mick. This is, like, the definitive Mankind look. And it sort of also bleeds into the idea of just what Mick Foley looks like as a dude. Totally, as, totally. This Yeah, wearing like, sweatpants with a dress shirt? It's super fucking funny. Like, everybody hates the... Uh, everybody hates... I don't hate the... Uh, like, the... The the earlier mankind like the brown. It's uh, a bad outfit. That is a fucking gross looking I attire. Think, I don't think it's that bad, but at the I same mean it time, fits the character, but it looks like shit. And I guess that's the point. But fuck, I it looks like I don't know. All right, I'm selling myself on like it now because it, I don't know. It looks like something that if in with the canon of the character, he would have been able to find and procure and actually wear in the ring. So I guess from a character standpoint, if you were, it is a weird thing. When you look at a wrestler's attire, like pretending kayfabe is real, you have to assume that somebody made that for them. They commissioned that, right? The company yeah. didn't make it for them. Cause that's not what it does. It is obviously what it does. The companies make them the, their gear. 
I mean, but on the indies, you know, these guys are using shit they have, using shit they bought. You call up Easy Money. Is Easy Money still making tights? I don't think so. You familiar with this? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if that was like... Yeah. Alright, so Easy Money, former ECW, maybe tag team champion, you know, 99, like 2000 guy. Um, Jason Jett for uh, two and a half weeks in WCW. Right, of course, the Cruiserweight tag team division. Um, Yeah, that guy sort of retired and then just started making tights for 60% of every indie wrestler in the country, probably. Um, A lot of our backyard guys bought shit from Easy Money, you know, in like 2003, 2004. He was like the guy. You have to assume that wrestlers are, like, conceptualizing their gear. And, like, uh, Shamrock's like, I think blue would be a good color for me. I think I'm a blue guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that that kind of shit. Whereas Bossman just, like, goes to the Army Surplus store. Um, or, kayfabe, he wore this when he was a paramilitary unit. <laughs> when yeah. he was, like, <laughs> when he was worked for a PMC and went to Libya or whatever and, you know, did whatever they had to do over there and got paid well for it. This is what he wore and now he's back to the ring and he's going to wear the same thing, you know? And he's going to use the same tactics that he used on the Libyans. <laughs> um, is that, I don't know if that's, that's not actually, I'm sort of projecting a, a much darker character on the big boss man than actually exists. Yes. I mean, uh, although I mean, we're going to get to some shit. He's also, he's also just, I mean, the nails feud, like it is implied that even as a baby face, he beat the shit out of, uh, yeah. All right, <laughs> he well, just beat the shit out of prisoners. There's more implications that, that was later his on. First turn. Yeah. How dare this prisoner allege that this awful heel would be prison yeah. guard would be prisoners? No, yeah, no. The George H. W. Bush era, like that is that is a very like distinct time for like uh you know uh propaganda. Like Lethal Weapon was huge. Cops, we loved the police back then. It was so good. They did so much good stuff, and they didn't do anything wrong. And then, you know... boss man was Judge Judy in execution. That's right, that's right. And then Rodney King happened, and it fucked it all up, and now the white man is going to get genocided. Um, anyways, the, uh, the the corporation here, this is a three-way match, but it's really more of a, more of a two-on-one sort of thing. Um, it's not a great match. I'm just going to run through a couple of notes here. Uh, Mick Foley has really good stomps to the head. Boss man is very game to just put his chin out for him. Um, that is a theme in all of the Bossman matches that we're going to cover. I think we have three. Um, he is really into just saying, no, hit me harder, bitch. Like, that is Ray Trailer. That is what he, he, like, he is leaning in, for sure. Um, Foley does a really loud, loud back rake, which is like a meme move, obviously, but it's loud. Did you hear yeah. the, did you hear the back rake to Shamrock? Did you notice yeah. that it's fucking gross like i was like oh no <laughs> i was like oh no and and like i'm a man who likes to get clawed up a little bit but this fucking sucked this looked real fucking bad um boss man gets his face slammed in the ramp uh fully sh- like suplexes shamrock on the ramp another big shamrock bump there's a nice little fucking offensive flurry from mankind um a mick flurry if you will uh, <laughs> um, so uh there's other storyline shit happening here. Uh, King says he saw a hearse pull up, and JR tells him he's hallucinating. Um, and then the McMahons come out, Shane and Vince, I believe. Uh, yes. It, no, none of the other members of the corporation, right? Just them? Yeah. Um, we get a broom, um, which we're gonna, will be a recurring character <laughs> in this series. Um, Smashes the shit out of uh, Bossman's throat and then breaks it over Shamrock's I back. I have from Briap, people getting being fu- being fucked by brooms. Yeah, yeah, it's it's this is like this is 
it's it is the signature weapon of this early era. Like you, you people forget Bix. Like this is the one that thing. Thinks. Yeah, like they just wrinkly old balls. He gets like there are so many broomsticks in these matches. Um, <clears throat> there's a I don't know. This match isn't good. I wouldn't recommend anybody watch it really unless you want to be completionist. Um, there's like a tiny table fan that's on the announce table that Bossman hits Mankind with that comes back in a later match. Um, Shamrock takes a really hard, hard way, you know, uh, concussion fucking, you know, uh, unprotected chair shot to the head that from Bossman fully bucks out, ducks out of the way. Um, which really, you know, you look at like some of the bumps he takes, some of the shit he takes to the head and it really like signals the destruction of his brain and like the COVID-19 denial of his like current Twitter feed. If people don't know, go check out Ken Shamrock's Twitter. I mean, the man is, is willingly feuding with Sammy Callahan. He's, he's not there anymore. Oh, is that happening right now in TNA? Yeah. Wait, no, TNA is not still filming. Sammy's got to bring back the hacker gimmick. Oh, he's he's, uh, Solomon Crow all over again. He's going to bring back the hacker gimmick. Hack, uh, Shamrock's, uh, uh, Twitter page, make him left. Welcome to the resistance, Sammy Callahan. You're part of it now. Let's yeah. Make, then he votes for Joe Biden in November, uh, and that he's uh, the, he's actually the vote that that uh, that swings Ohio. Him and the Christs, except uh, except Dave votes for Trump, and uh, and then what? Uh, Trey Miguel votes for Howie. What's his name from the Green Party? What's the guy's name? Howie Merkins? I don't <laughs> it's not Merkins. It's not Merkins. It's, you're close, though. Um, no, I, I I want to watch that now. Ken Shamrock versus Sammy Callahan. This one's fantastic. Um, the not, draw. Not even being ironic. The draw versus the most dangerous man. I love You love to see something like that. Um, a fan hands a sock to Foley in this it's like second row guy reaches over the front row hands fully a fan or hand, hands a fully a sock he takes it from the fan and uses it as mr socko and then you see and this is such a triumphant moment this is the highlight of this match by far you see a bunch of guys in the next row behind that guy high-fiving him uh just a beautiful moment of second and third row uh attitude era to crowd to community happening here um you know, goes for the Sako and whatever. It doesn't really matter. The spot doesn't matter, but just watching the guy thrilled that fully took his sock and used it in the match. His fucking sock. Yeah, and then everybody else around him is like, yeah, hell yeah. It's like, I've been in that moment. Like throwing your panties to Roger Daltrey. No, but seriously, I've been in that moment where, like, I would yell something, again, at Dave Crist. I'd say, like, how's your mother doing? Um, And, you know, what... (laughs) Yeah, you'd be like, she got AIDS, and I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's where I got it, and like, you know, and then the guy behind me is like, that's pretty good, man, hey, and he's like patting me on the shoulder, like those moments happen at wrestling shows where like you you have a uh, oh, I'm a good fan, and everybody else is like, hey, this guy's okay, um, and then afterwards they're like, man, I wish this guy would shut the fuck up, which is <laughs> exactly what they always say about me, I'm sure. Um, oh, after that seven five, it's the softest part of the ring. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Me singing Ace Romero's uh, "Josie's on a Vacation Far Away" like during the entire match. I'm sorry, I drink a lot of wrestling shows. Deal with it. You should maybe you should get on my fucking level. Um, yeah, this match isn't great. Al Snow appears. Uh, the Job Squad is in the crowd. They they appear. Al Snow smashes Ham uh, Hamrock, Shamrock in the head. Mankind with head in with head in the head. Am I right? Yes. With yes. with head in the head, mankind pins him. Um, not a, not even a match really worth watching. Um, I will say the 
I, for, I always forget about Mankind's exit music. How good is that? It's so weird. It's it's not a concept that ever happened. Nobody ever had an entrance and then exit theme. <laughs> like, very... It's so sad. It's very me. sad, yeah. It sounds like the Laura Palmer theme, kind of, from Twin Peaks. It's uh, it's definitely the energy of a guy who had cut promos about Leonard Cohen and ECW. Sure, sure, yeah. Like, just of just in terms of just... But why not? Why just like this? Mick Mick's a guy who, if uh, I mean, he, he's definitely like broken brain now, but he, he he's fought a lot about wrestling, and that's yeah, okay. that's part of why he's broken brained. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's um, he is he is one of those. He is he is like our type of like martyr himself kind of guy for sure. You know, like like an Onita or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, so there's a post match here that doesn't have anything to do with them that I did watch where it cuts to Taker um, attacking Stone Cold in his hospital bed, um, and then I, I didn't watch any further. But I bounced out back to the WWE Network menus and I saw segment titles from later in this episode of Raw. Yeah. And one said Undertaker and Paul ba- uh, Paul Bearer bury Austin, and then if you scroll a little further past like the awful main event, whatever happens, the last segment on the show. It just said Undertaker attempts to embalm Austin. Yes, him trying to embalm Austin alive. Which... I don't remember that. Oh, I it's 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 not very good. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't, but it sounds pretty fucked up to me. It's pretty wrong. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, but it's just also like what the why you do this to this hell? man? Yeah, it's not good. A lot of lot of moments. I mean, you know, uh, the, like the you know Shane McMahon kicking. Uh, Kane into a flaming dumpster. You know, it was raw in the moment for sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, and yeah, it was it's stupid, like, but it was like, oh, what? Well, damn. Can't How's believe Kane they're doing this. Dead? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's like, uh, I think, uh, you know, they, there was no way they could assume that people would be watching this stuff in the future, maybe. Like, I mean, maybe in 98, 99, they, you know, posterity of fucking home video and the. I guess burgeoning DVD market, right? In yeah. Late 98, 99, that's DVDs are coming into vogue, right? Um, I could see them still being like, well, you know, unless somebody's taping another VCR, like the shit does hold up in the moment for sure. I remember a lot of it. And when I revisit a lot of the things I liked, I'm like, oh, that wasn't so good. Um, but I don't know. The I One of the big ones for me in this era was McMahon in the hospital. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the, the actual inception of Mr. Sacco when he first debuts Mr. Sacco to like try to entertain him. Right. And then later on in that episode, uh, Austin comes in like with a, a a mask on. I don't know where he got it. They're really hard to find now. Um, <clears throat> um, oh god, mute myself while I do a big. Uh, um, um, just beats the shit out of him and hits him with the bedpan and shit. Like there are, uh, maybe not high concept, but you know, medium level concept segments happening in this era that do work. Um, like the beer truck and shit. I think a lot of that stuff is very cool and really pays off visually. But they're aiming for the fucking fences, for sure. Um, which is respectable, because now they don't... And for a long time, they have not aimed for the fences. And you gotta just that, have no theoretically, shame. Theoretically, now they are, but not with angles. I guess now, yeah, with Firefly Funhouse match was awesome, and the fucking Boneyard match. Like, that is definitely swinging. You're definitely... Corporate ladder. Um, yeah, that thing looks cool. They're gonna go up to the top of the building? Yeah. Um, I hope they're Tom hanging it from Gargano. a... That was that didn't look good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I, I might watch that actually. Um, it sounds pretty funny. 
the uh, climb to the top of uh, Titan Towers in Stanford to get a belt and or to get the money in ba- money in the bank uh, briefcase. I think it'd be really cool if they like had like a helicopter hanging overhead and they had to pull it off a helicopter. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking this is a new boom period. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I, yeah, I'm thinking we're going into like the hottest period for wrestling in in the last twenty years. Um, there's no competition. That's how you do the best work, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, all right. From Raw, November 30 is what I have written down. I believe yeah, that I is the, I think this was live. Uh, Mankind versus the Big Boss Man in a ladder match, which did not happen often in these years. It's kind of a big deal that they do a ladder match, right? On Raw? Yes. Have they ever done a ladder match on Raw? I don't know. Might Probably not. <laughs> This Weird. Is, my, is my answer. Yeah. Because I, I, I can't think of one. Yeah, no. Yeah, for sure. This is like the fifth ladder match in company history or some shit. Um, this isn't, or well, at least televised. They did those house show matches with Sean and Razor and Sean and Goldust, I think, but still. Sean and Brett. Sean yeah. and Brett. But this, that was Coliseum Home Video. I count that in my head. Um, the, um, this is not great. Um, Heel Commissioner no. Sean is extremely pilled out and on commentary. Oh, God. He's insufferable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, it's, but Bossman, this is a really, this is like one of the better examples of Bossman leaning into shit. Um, because Foley like back elbows him right in the mouth, like really hard. Um, then he gets his face slammed into the stairs and he just like goes in, like he just throws his head into the stairs. Like, like little, little shit that Bossman takes looks so much better than anybody else in the roster taking it right now. Um, he gets a ladder thrown at him and then, um, he rams he like turns it you know uh long ways and rams like the top of the ladder into Bossman's face um and the the bump that Bossman takes his like arms go limp and he just falls backwards on the on the ground not even on the mat on the ground and like a real like KO style bump fucking great like he's he's selling this segment really well and fully does like an Onita uh, you know the, the Onita table suplex where he picks up the suplex or picks up the yeah. table and like suplexes it onto the guy. He does that with the ladder um, over the head, falling backwards, like really good. Um, yeah, I I really like the first couple minutes of this match, um, but it's not good. This match is not good. It falls through. It just falls apart with the uh, the Rock run in, and then it's just who gives a shit. The one the one fit spot that's Bossman uh, getting sandwiched in the ladder and uh, Foley doing the elbow drop. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's a good spot. Um, putting in between but the, the rest two. of it, once it gets, when, once it's basically just, it might as well just be because, I mean, is Bossman like he, he's leaning into shit, but he's still like he's slowed down, and even at his fastest, he was a big guy. It's like weird to have these two guys in a ladder match. Yeah, it's a weird and choice. It, so it's just like, well, if it wasn't based on the idea that, uh, you know. Dwayne would have to fucking climb the ladder himself. I would not just have sure. Rock get the fucking butt for him. They wrote so. this from the end backwards, right? They were like, "Well, how do we how do we come up with a way to keep mankind strong?" Because they're it, in theory, they already know they're going to put the belt on him in a month, right? Like the like yeah. they're going to have him beat Dwayne. Um, they have to think of a way to you know make him look strong in defeat and make it make make it so you know Rocky fucking fucks him. Like I think that's that's a very important thing about this and the we're gonna do it in a couple matches, him versus Road Dog. Um I will say they fight atop the ladder, Foley ends up getting Sako on top of the ladder and does the Sako on Bossman. Bossman bumps off the ladder, like he like it knocks him out, he falls off, and the sock ends up hanging out of his mouth and then he like wrestles the rest of the match with the sock hanging out of his mouth basically. So that's yeah. cool. That was really good. Um 
But yeah, then Rocky comes in, pushes the ladder over, fully hits neck first on the top rope, you know, pretty standard um, pushed off a ladder bump. But his leg, so he doesn't clear the ladder on the landing. So the ladder lands beneath him and his leg, his leg lands trapped between the two sides of the ladder in the middle of the ladder. And it could have been a horrifying injury. Like Sean on commentary even says he looks like he just broke his leg. Um, so that's, you know, that's one like huge bump in this match that definitely shouldn't be cast aside. Uh, rock, rock bottoms him. Boss man usually climbs up, grabs the belt. Rock is like still actively doing his dumb shaky leg stomps on mankind while this happens. Um, and then Sean comes in, gets a few stomps in. Uh, this is heel commissioner, uh, HBK, like fully heel, uh, part of the corporation, I guess, right? Yeah. I I don't really remember a lot of this. Um, no, it's it's very silly. It's I thought it was babyface for most of it. Uh as as commissioner? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought... yeah. This is early in the run. This is early. Okay. Like he had just been made commissioner like two weeks before. Okay. Like that. It, uh, there's a lot of stuff happening on these episodes. <laughs> um yeah, I didn't remember him being such a de- decisive heel. Um this is not a great match, but Foley works hard and Bossman leans in and definitely worked a look for completionism's sake because this is the first ever hardcore title uh, change. So I think I may have muted myself halfway, there, halfway through there. The first ever hardcore title change. Uh, Bossman is the second hardcore champion. So that's definitely interesting from a completionist perspective, which is what we're doing. This is the completionist perspective. <laughs> That's yeah, the name. That's the name of our podcast. They're gonna call it. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's see here. We got from December fifteenth, nineteen ninety eight. A raw. Obviously, we have uh, your hardcore champion, Big Boss Man, defending against the Road Dog, Jesse James. Hell yeah! I have nothing. All right, going into this, I would have had nothing to say about Road Dog except he's fucking over. Like he is really good at doing his catchphrases, hitting his big spots or whatever in a tag match, and and being the kind of guy who is mad over in 98 WWF. Yeah. Um, but we are we are entering into a run of matches. And I'm going to say this. This is like this is a fucking hot take and I said this in the chat and uh, nobody nobody really responded to it. Either they didn't care or they were too scared. And I think it's the latter. They were scared for one month. From about the middle of December 98 until the middle of January 99, Brian Armstrong, the road dog Jesse James, is one of the five best wrestlers in America. Um, He is so fucking over. Um, And this series of four matches that we're about to run through is a testament to a guy that should not have ever been good, but just stumbled into an era and a style all of a sudden that worked for him and he got it because he was from fuck. He was the Armstrong family. He had everything that was fed into the Armstrongs, you know, everything from Bob and, and all of his brothers, but it was fed to him for so many years. A lot of it was lost because he worked a shitty WWF attitude era formula, but you gave him seven minutes and let him brawl around the building. Brian Armstrong is incredible. Yes. Are you with minutes. me? Do you think the top five in the country is like I fair? Can't, I, I can't. Maybe he's the best in the, he's, best, he's the best in the company. He's absolutely the best in the company. I mean, nobody's all, nobody else is like he is carrying the company basically in terms yeah. of like. Do you want to have an actual watchable match? These segments are we, the highlight of every episode that you have. Yeah, yeah. Then it, yeah, this guy's doing it. 
This, like, this and, like, whatever Austin angles happen, you know? Like, Austin, Mankind, Rock angles are definitely highlights. But, like, this stuff is really just decisively fucking good. Definitively good. Um, he cuts a promo uh, before the... Actually, before... When Bossman's entrance happens, when Bossman is coming out, you see a brief cut of uh, of Road Dog, and it looks like he's putting Skull in his lip. He's fucking putting Dip in his lip, which is sick. I love it. Uh, that's good shit. Cole and King on commentary. So this is like right after JR took his little break um, to go to rest his little, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's very fucked up. Um, King. And I feel like Dr. Heine. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. That's, that's the thing. I wish I, I would have never remembered. Um, Dr. Heine. I was, yeah, I can, I, I found something with uh, Bruce, Bruce Pritchard d- stands by Dr. Heine decision. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Of course he would. Yeah. He voted for the Iraq war and he's, Degrees with everything that happened. Um, it's it's a, a weird combo of commentators, and obviously we'd be stuck with them for the next twenty-ish years, off and on. Cole and, and King, pretty rough. Um, King does inform us of the newest edition of the corporation, which is former Motley Crew bodyguard known as Test. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. I guess his debut was around here, and he had been in developmental probably before then. Yeah, uh, he will show up on a for a future episode for sure. Test will show up. Um, a future champion, actually, in 2000, I believe. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, of course. And he'll show up anyway, no matter Because test rules, yeah. Yeah. It's test rules, uh, lover, lever, yeah. important match. Yeah, Andrew Martin, I believe was his name, right? R.I.P. Yes. Uh, great elbow drop. Fantastic hair. Um, so, ho- holy shit, Road Dog gets in the mic and says he had a friend in the, count- uh, the Cobb County Penitentiary uh, a few years back. And he says that his friend told him that the big boss man and his buddies on, on the on the uh, security squad there, um, on the guard squad, would uh, get a little funny at night with those nightsticks. Did you watch this, or did you skip? Yes, to the ma- okay. I did. I. It's very strange. So you saw the part. Uh, you saw this part where Road Dog accuses the big boss man of raping the inmates of the Cobb County Penitentiary with a nightstick. Yes. Okay. Just making sure that we got that out there, that that was written and spoken on this episode of WWF Monday Night Raw. It also speaks to something that he calls, uh, this is not originally a title match. And he says, right, right. If you're not, chi- it's like, you're not, ch- if it's like, don't be a chicken shit and put on, t- and they, ch- they chant, they censor, they uh, censor the shit. shit. Yeah. But he says it's shit, which is funny. It's pretty big though. 98 saying shit big, on TV. But also like, listen, the rape. Great. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Well, we're getting, yeah. We have some, we have some uh, on uh, that. Hey, we got to, we got to mitigate it. A little. It was a different time. It was cool. The president was raping all day. It was all, it was all good. It was, you had to do it. Look, you had if you're going to be successful, motherfuckers had to rape out here. I'm sorry. Um, this is our this is our most problematic episode. But hey, we're talking about a, a point in time. Um, oh, okay, Epstein uh, murked himself. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, he's, he wanted to die. He's clearly very unhappy in his life. Bossman is so intense early on. He it's like a big spine. This is my this is the best match we're going to watch up until a couple matches from now, but this match fucking rules big, big. All right. You watch this big boss man versus road dog. If you're going to, if you're like listening to this and you're like, I don't know if this shit holds up at all. No, this, no, fuck that shit. That this match rocks. This, this is, is great. great. This is fucking great. Um, he hits him with like, he winds up cartoonishly. Boss man does like a cartoon character and like does an uppercut grinds the face against the fucking, 
turnbuckle, yells at the camera. He does like a hard Irish whip, like the classic, like, um, what do you do an Irish whip harder and you fall when you do it? Yeah. <laughs> he does one of those. Like, it's great. He's, he's a, he's a good control guy in this era. Um, but he gets caught with a cookie sheet to the face and he bumps the exact same way he did versus Mick with that like weird KO bump on the floor. And like, I, when so the second time I saw him do it, I was like, okay, this is an ac- This is not an accident. This is like one of his bumps, um, one of his like cool little things that he does. He his arms go limp and he just falls like a fucking you know timber, like a fucking tree, and that's like if you've ever seen a guy get knocked out on his feet, that's kind of how a lot of them will go down. If their knees are locked, they they won't crumple. They'll like fucking fall like a tree, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's a, so obviously big boss man has seen dudes get fucking KO'd before or else he wouldn't know that that's a good bump to pull there. Um, and we get a road dog pins him on the floor and boss, when boss man kicks out, it's just another testament to boss man understanding the little shit to do. He kicks out and the transition of boss man back onto offense is right out of the kick out because he shoves him up over his head um, into the barricade like hard and, yeah. and road dog hits the bar- like shoulder against the barricade and has to sell the sell the shoulder and so big boss man just goes right back on offense after the pinfall really smart like you couldn't do that in the ring obviously just a really smart like hey we're out here let's utilize the surroundings guys like extremely like fundamentally one of the best wrestlers like ever I I, sure. I I think like Ray Trailer just like has such an understanding of, you know, his like a- awareness of his surroundings and how to use things. Like the things we say about Fit Finley, m- maybe we should be saying some of this shit about fucking Big Boss Man about the, the Ray Trailer. Like this guy, Big Goddamn Bubba, Big Bubba knows like where he is and what to do with his surroundings. And I think nobody ever mentions that, but he should be in that, you know, that category for sure. That Fred, he's like Fred Yehi. <laughs> He has, the, I mean, what's the, what's one his most famous uh, spot? The slide out of the ring, sl- run back in. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like slide in. Like that's a spot you can only do if you understand like the idea of like where you are in the ring. Totally. And then where you'll be. Great example. Yeah, he is, he is definitely a guy who built a huge, maybe not a huge part of his um, actual like offense or whatever, but you know, his moment to moment stuff relies on, on the ring, on where he is. And that's really cool. It's really um, unique. Important art. Important. Important yeah. in wrestling. Yeah, he gets it. Dude gets it in ways that others don't. Um, he grabs the stairs after this and heaves them, the top half of the stairs, the top piece, heaves them at Road Dog, who dodges, and they crash into the post. And you see like people in the crowd like stepping back a few feet because they think it's going to fly. In. Like It's scary. It's a good, really nice thing. Road Dog hits him with a bucket. Uh, Taylor ends up back on offense, hits him in the back of the head with a cookie sheet. Really funny shit where Road Dog is like walking around the ring and has no idea that he's about to get hit in the head, like the back of the head with a cookie sheet. Uh, didn't see it shit coming at all um yeah this is he had not activated his third eye yet yeah yeah yeah, of course well that happens when you go to tna yeah Um, i was going to just say you know you need to be you need to hang out with our truth and conan for that to happen yeah um yeah so they um they get into i heard a little echo on that did you hear fine okay we're good um let's see here we get over the rail, like Road Dog uh, hits him with an elbow on like the bottom stair. Hits his elbow on the bottom stairs when he gets thrown back over the rail. 
Um, they break a broom handle. Oh, there's a hip toss over a rail. They're off by the stage. Road Dog gets hip tossed over like a small barricade and through a production table that just happens to yes. be there. Yes, kick, kicks a lot of ass. Is the first table bump in a hard title match so far? I guess so. Yeah, I guess it would be. It's like um, it's like one of those tables that's off to the side of the stage, and there's guys with like headsets and monitors there. I think um, maybe sound equipment, and it's like a table with a. Uh, which this is such an underrated visual. It's a table with like a, a black tablecloth over it, you know. Yeah. And so when the guy goes through the table, the, the tablecloth kind of like puffs up or like gets he gets wrapped in it. Like that's a really cool flourish. Yeah, knocks down a production guy who doesn't who doesn't seem to be expecting it. Just looks great. Yeah, yeah, that guy got fucked. Um, yeah, they, they there's like a broom handle. That's um, the second. I'm gonna, start, I'm gonna try to count these broom handles. Uh, he's like. Boss man choking him with the stick. Uh, they get back in the ring. Uh, Cole says that Boss man's treating him like one of those prisoners at Cobb County, which I guess means that he's next. You know, it's next. Yeah, <laughs> he's beating uh, him now. Do you have Boss uh, Bossman taking off his belt? Uh yeah, yeah. That's that, that's when he, that's when he that's when Cole says it. Actually, I think he takes the belt off and whips him, and that's when which he, even more appropriate. Oh yeah, I guess that's like a, that's some race stuff then, huh? That's some race stuff, cool. I mean, but there's also cool. some kink stuff. Oh, this is all very good. Um, yeah, I'm really glad. Is Michael Cole into uh, women in prison movies? Almost certainly. I mean, aren't we all? Um, aren't we, aren't all? we all? I mean, yeah. yeah but yeah. still. Uh, white Mama, Black Mama? Is that right? Oh, I just fucking saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pam Greer and I don't know the other woman, the white woman. Good, yeah. good flick. Real good. Real good movie. Yeah, it's not as good as the Defiant ones. <laughs> no, no, but, eh. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Bossman pulls out a bag of white powder, um, and King says that must be something he confiscated from a uh, from a prisoner. Uh, of course, now we've learned it's, it's just this is Vince's stash, and that Bossman is his his like guy. It's his guy. Yeah, um, he's his weed carrier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He um, takes the fall. Who will suspect? He's been, there. he's been in prison, so he knows how to handle himself. Sure, sure. And who would suspect the the, the leader of the security firm? Um, he's getting paid 150k a year to do this job, where he never even has to touch his gun. It's fantastic, um, but he does get to do a lot of coke, and he gets to do a lot here because he's opening up the bag of powder, which I guess is I don't know. I guess it's powder he's going to throw it in his face, but they're clearly having fun with this. Uh, Road Dog kicks the cocaine up into his face, whips him with the belt. Um, they end up in the crowd, and Bossman has a noose. How does he get a fucking noose? I don't know. I guess he had it like in his pants, or like, like uh, maybe a fan handed it to him. I don't know. I don't know where they are. Maybe this is the region where they have nooses, and they don't take them away from you at the door. Um, He wraps his. So let's let's see what happens here. Maybe boss man was secretly working an Inspector Gadget gimmick here. Nobody fucking said anything. Sure. a shame. Yeah, it, he. So if he had long sleeves, he'd have the Travis Bickle gun arm thing that slides yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, also, season three of Justified, of course. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, fuck. Uh, the uh, bleach blonde hair, Neil McDonough. Not the, Neil McDonough. Yeah, I was trying to remember the, the character's name. Neil yeah. McDonough. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic actor. Uh, don't worry about it. It's okay. It's not. It's listen. Neil McDonough's character's name in season three of Justified, non pertinent to this conversation. It's his character's name, Neil McDonough. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um. So he gets the, the noose around Road Dog's uh, neck. He chokes him with it. Road Dog's bleeding from the Corals, mouth. Corals, goddamn it! There you go. Corals, yeah. After the fact. Yeah, yeah. It's season three fucking owns. It's not. It's not as grand as season two or season five, but it's real fucking good. Um, Limehouse, a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fucking fun. Yeah, Limehouse, good. Line- Jackie Pink, ha ha ha. Yeah, sure. Good shit. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Limehouse is one of the best characters in the show. Michael. Uh, so I always said McKelty, but then I found out I his name is McKelty, but it's Michael T. Williamson. It's the guy who plays Bubba on, uh, on, uh, Forrest Gump, right? Yes. Yeah. Because his, uh, because his, uh, middle na- middle, his real name is Michael, uh, Williamson, but his middle uh, name is, See something. It's okay, so it's, it, so they just know. changed it. So okay, there was already it's just, like I did, yeah, Screen Actors like, Guild shit, right? Yeah, it's like what will make you stand out. Michael I'll just be, and I'll just like some <laughs> shit, and that you know what, clever. One he of the, did stand out. One of the cops in Heat. He's there, you know, in West Study, and fucking guy from doesn't matter. <laughs> Buffalo Bill is there too. Um, yeah, he um, he has the noose on him, and uh, dog gets a low blow huge pop and then he's got the noose like still around his neck he wrestles the rest of this match with the noose around his neck which is pretty wild um he gets a full plastic trash can a full one um with trash falling out of it throws it over the head of boss man goes up on the barricade and does like a diving clothesline off the barricade you know it's just high energy shit from road dog here then they fight over the noose and boss man gets control again and probably the highlight of this match he has the noose and he's got him by the rope and he sort of just starts whipping him back and forth into like either side of these bleachers, I guess like yeah. the rails that would contain people at the end of a, of a bleacher bench or whatever it is, you know, I get, yeah. Going into one of the tunnels, and, I think. Yes. Yes. Uh, and he just whips him back and forth and dog just gets slammed like five times into these barricades while getting yanked by his neck in a noose. Um, really and quick and boss man is not a fucking nice guy he's not a guy you want to take offense from ever um and then yeah finish comes mankind sneaks up from behind fishing net clobbers him with a nightstick uh clobbers boss man with a nightstick and puts the fishing net over i said it i so the way i said that just now he walks up with a fishing net hits him with the it's not normal <laughs> what he I, walks <laughs> up with like a net and then yeah it's uh, not normal that he would do this this is not regular you can't shit. really see the fishing pole either it's very strange wait there's a fishing pole yeah is that what he hits him with i swear okay so he Isn't didn't hit him with a nice the uh, the idea of, of throwing the net over him I th- for some reason I thought he just picked up the nightstick and hit him with it but if it's a fishing pole that's way funnier it's very dark it's very poorly lit so it's hard to see it um yeah he hits him with the the fishing pole i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and backspace here where i said nightstick he hits him with something fishing pole and then parentheses i'm gonna put a i'm gonna put a question mark in parentheses um and then yeah road dog covers the netted boss man for when you have to do kayfabe commentary yeah uh 20 years yeah and you you could be like cornet showing the booking of the show yeah that guy's cool that guy's really neat question mark <laughs> um, dog covers the netted boss man with the noose still around his neck, and we have our our third champion. Uh, and the crowd is going fucking nuts. This is like uh, this is a pop that they would die for today, um, or any time in the past decade. This crowd is losing their fucking shit for Road Dog becoming the new hardcore champion. He makes his way back to the ring through the crowd, gets the belt, and celebrates on the second rope with a noose still hanging around his neck. He's got powder on him too from the powder spot, like. And he is, like, selling it super fucking good. Like, really, Road Dog is... And we're going to do more, obviously. There's we got a few more Road Dog matches here. But this was just like, oh, fuck. This guy is, like, knows what he's doing in this situation and is really good here. Um, and 
easily the best hardcore title match so far, and maybe the best singles match performance I've ever seen out of Brian Armstrong. I think some of these other matches might be, I don't know, some of them might be better. Um, I didn't really do a ranking, but as far as just a, a Brian Armstrong performance, I was amazed. With yeah, him. fantastic, fantastic stuff. Comebacks and, and sympathy stuff going on in the in the middle of this match, and bumping hard and good punches. Yeah, love him. Huge, huge Road Dog fan. Coming out of this is the biggest, biggest weird thing that's happened to me. Um, but yeah, great match. Even yeah, great. I would say great match. Not even just very good. I loved this match. They kicked a lot of ass. <laughs> it's a really good eight minutes. Check it out for sure. All right. Okay. You want to do... Uh, we, we, are we doing Mankind versus Road Dog? Are we skipping it? Uh, no, let's do it. Okay. I got you notes have, on you it. You have notes? Yeah. I got notes, yeah. Not it's, many. It's, it's, it's annoying, but... For, it's annoying because... Okay, this is December 28th, 1998. Uh, and Live on Mankind. Raw. Live on Raw, and it is Mankind versus the Road Dog uh, for the hardcore title, obviously. Uh, why is this match annoying, you might say? And that would be The Rock on commentary. It's bad. On guest commentary. He is awful, and to the point where I don't know how he got over, in a way. If this was the sure. only thing you ever saw The Rock, you would think, I don't know how, why this guy's over. He's insufferable. And he's not heel insufferable. He's... He has he he, has, he can't say like five words. It was four a, words. He's just right. saying damn jabroni. He just doesn't. And it's like it's not a bit. It's like he would say like a, you decrepit piece of dog crap or whatever. Like uh, I think it's just a different time. I think people just it's a liked, different time. But I mean, remember when everyone yelled and fucking got mad about the suffering Sakatash line from Out of Roman Reigns? It's like he's <laughs> just saying that, but cursing and shit. It's like he's awful here. Yeah, yeah. He's I don't know. He's he was good at delivering this shit. Like he was just like he had a cadence to him. I think that kind of works. But it's, it works in the ring. But I don't think it works on yeah. guest commentary. But here's it's the very thing. distracting. Guest commentary usually bad. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So. It's led to some really funny moments over the years too, for sure. Um. Let's see here. So. For some reason, the Road Dog isn't doing his entrance. Oh, you didn't know? I think it's because The Rock is on commentary, and they didn't want him to have to contend with a guy who's almost as over as him doing his shtick. Um, at this point, Mankind has some weird remixed version of his music with, like, bass and percussion. Did you catch that? That's, yeah, it's strange. It's, I don't remember it at all. Um, but, yeah, the, my first note of the actual match is Rock is so fucking bad in commentary. Holy shit. Uh, we come back from break, and the match has started in the break. Um, Foley has really good stomps. He's got that clothesline over the top thing is great. Um, they Somebody gets suplexed on the ramp. I'm not sure who, but people were getting suplexed on the ramp every fucking week. It's pretty wild that that was just a standard thing. Um, Foley does the Etsushi Onita table suplex, of course. Uh, yeah. Road Dog comes back and back body drops him onto the ramp, uh, throws the table at Foley's head. Like there's, there's, you know, the work here is fine. Um, it's not this. The, I think one of the big parts of why you know a thing like Road Dog versus Bossman works, but this doesn't really. Um, neither of them are crazy. Like neither of them have like a bunch of wild shit in them. Like they got big, some good spots. There's good spots in this too, but that match had such a like a distinct shit heel, you know? Like, yeah. And you know they, they got they got the they got the storyline with the, the you know the raping prisoners, of course. <laughs> and there's there's a lot going on there. I and mean, he, it's almost like a heel face dynamic is a good thing. Yeah, it's 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 strange to to talk about now, but like it seems like the like inherent structure of a wrestling match is 
that for a reason. <laughs> yeah, strange. yeah, wild, wild as hell. Yeah, so you got Matt, I mean, you got two baby like, faces here and two like guys who were. I'm sorry, you you were about to. No, it's like I don't. Yeah, it's like two baby faces. Like I, it's like you want Mick to get the title back. Sorry, but it's also just Road Dog just won the fucking thing, and he's yeah. It took out the pop. And you know, I think anybody watching this also, even in that building, knows the trajectory of mankind from here. We know he's feuding with The Rock. The Rock is the champion. There's no reason for mankind to win the title, the hardcore title at this point, because he's in a program with the great one. You know, he's in the program with like, if not, I mean, maybe the central storyline right now is is still uh, Undertaker or uh, uh, Austin McMahon with Undertaker sort of bubbling under the surface. Maybe Rock and Mankind is like sort of a secondary feud to that, but it's still, you know, f- this is punching down for Mick Foley right now. It's the fucking title. Yeah. yeah like this yeah. is the hardcore. He doesn't need the hardcore title anymore. He wins the world title the next night on a tape, yes. on a taped Raw. Um, yeah, so there's stuff here. Mankind. I, I, all right, I want to say this. The progression of new weapons introduced in hardcore title matches is very funny to me. Um, Watching them start with just, you know, chairs um, and, like, uh, uh, cookie sheets. And then, you get, yeah. then like, the next match you have, like, broomsticks. And then the next match you got garbage cans. And then this match they introduce uh, a toolbox, which spills nails and screws all over the floor. Um, we get some cookie sheet shots. We get, sh- like, bumps under the chairs. Uh, on, the, on the commentary, Kane's apparently the new newest member of the corporation, I believe, uh, Cole says. And Rock says, uh, Rock has some words to say about Kane, and I will repeat them verbatim. Um, uh, Kane is part retarded and doesn't know his you-know-what from his you-know-what. Um, and meanwhile, uh, Michael Cole wishes JR a swift recovery. <laughs> 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 so lots of sincere shit happening on commentary here. Um, Foley hits a, his fucking gorgeous pulling pile driver, you know? Yeah. Um, and then does it a second time onto a chair, and Road Dog looks like he is dead. This is like an insane pile driver bump onto a chair. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's stuff. There's plenty of stuff here. The the finish is pretty good. Um, Road Dog gets debilitated enough by Sako, so he's laid across the table. They're out in the crowd at this point. Um, they go over like it's like a hockey arena, so they go over the rail or the board or what? I guess the board yeah. is is it the boards if it's yeah, it's the boards. Even it's if it's the boards, yeah, hockey. okay, the I, boards. right. I wasn't sure if the boards the was boards. only around like where there's plexiglass, or if the boards is still the boards when it's like where the, the guys sit, you know, the, the lines two, three, and four, or whatever, are waiting to hop over. That's still the boards. Yeah, I, I know nothing about hockey. I found out that icing was a thing from a video game. That's pretty much where I stand yeah. on. I, I it seems like a cool sport, um, but it doesn't exist anymore because they're all gone. They're all gone. Um, he Tears lays... in the damn rain. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. We're getting a lot of, it's good. A it's lot good. of usage out of that. They should make a third Blade Runner. They're making Dune. Dennis Villeneuve is making that Dune movie, and people lost their minds for those pictures from the set. And I got to tell you, people, I'm sorry. That movie's never coming out. Oh. <laughs> sorry. We've seen the last movie, and the last movie was Onward, and it was a metaphor. Um, so hope you like their Pixar nostalgia because that's we're just gonna have to keep watching those movies until we die. Yeah. Um, um, best picture uh, twenty. Uh, 20 oh God! Academy Are they gonna have Award. the Oscars? They're gonna have the Oscars and best picture. Birds of prey. Yeah, sure, sure. Bad Boys for Life is up there for sure. Um, I gotta watch both of those movies. Um, so he lays him on a table. Rodog is on a table. Uh, Foley climbs like a 
sort of a, a bleachers, sort of like low, maybe 10 foot balcony, does a, a pretty good elbow drop off the balcony to the table. Um, we, it'd be a great finish. But then the rock goes, rock goes from commentary position into the crowd and beats on Foley a little bit. He hits him with a rock bottom on the floor. Now, was this rock bottom notable to you? Did you like see anything to see here? Because it's kind of dark. It's if you're not like looking, if you're not really like paying attention, if you've never taken a rock bottom, maybe. Which, as a backyard wrestler in the early 2000s, I took one every match. <laughs> yeah, because that everybody did the rock bottom in those years. Um, did you notice this? The, what the, the, that there, that a rock bottom happened? That it was like off. <laughs> Oh, it looked like shit. Yeah, it looked like okay. shit. So sure, Foley, that... he doesn't jump. He like I don't know if he slips or what. And then it feels is he like footed on the table. Somehow? No, maybe maybe he's on maybe he's on top of something. You know who fucking knows? It's really hard to say. Um, when Rock, about halfway through the move, it feels like Rock gets mad because he realizes that Foley does not have the elevation and he's not taking this flat back on the concrete at the regular peak that he normally would. And he sort of, like, drives him down in, like, way harder than he would any other rock bottom. He, like, puts him down violently. Um, Switch smashes the back of Foley's head into the floor, the concrete floor, in such a disgusting way. Um, This is a... If you weren't paying attention, you you didn't notice, right? I... Noticed that it looked... It just looked like a fall. It 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 looked like like shit. shit. It looked like shit. I bet it It hurt worse... I bet it hurt worse than any rock bottom that ever looked good. Yeah. It sucked. It, lo- it looked like a, some real unprofessional fucking Justice Pain moment from The Rock there. Um, maybe that's a comparison. Maybe he's The Rock of the company. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dog penned in for the win. Um, Dog was not made for the face versus face match. Um, Foley wasn't really either. But it's fine. This match is fine. It's the last time Mick Foley, the first ever hardcore champion, would get a shot at the hardcore title. So... Notable. It is indeed. Has a slight, uh, slight air of the momentousness. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if, if you say so. <laughs> um, all right. I, I that wraps up the year of 1998. At least as far as TV is concerned. There, yeah. The next match we're going to cover was aired in '99, um, but was shot on the 29th. But yeah, um, I need to use the restroom. Today, yeah, this would be a good moment for a break. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think we're about halfway through. I think we're 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 running long, but that's what we're gonna do. I, if if we run too long, I can just split this shit in half. That's also fine. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, next up, Road Dog versus Al Snow. What a great episode, right? What a great episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry for the uh, sort of anticlimax there. Um, we were planning on doing one episode, but it turned oh, into two because... I'm sorry? What? All the guys from this show. All the guys from that show? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, like this guy. Like Road Dog, Jesse James. Like this guy? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's 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 mankind. Yeah, and here's 
Okay, Al Snow, yeah. I don't know if he's actually on this episode. Um, so thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back with part two of part one next week. Uh, part 1.5, if you... I'm sorry? Mickey, no, Mickey Mouse is not one of the hardcore champions. Uh, so we'll be back then, and thank you for listening. Uh,